started last week in Proverbs chapter 22, uh, verse 7. This is really our key verse for this series, and it simply says this. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower, or the one who's in debt, is what, church? is servant or slave to the lender. Uh, that's what the scripture tells us in Proverbs, that whenever we're in debt to the lender as a borrower, it's that Greek word abed, it means we're a slave. We're in bondage. In other words, we're, we're strapped. And last week we talked about that, you know, we don't usually go around saying, I'm a slave to money, I'm a slave to a lender, or I'm in bondage, but we say things like, you know, I would like to do this, but I just don't have the money. I'd like to have, I'd like to buy a house. We'd like to start a family. You know, we'd like to get married. You know, we'd like to put some money in savings. We'd like to tithe, but we, we just can't because we're in bondage. We're slaves. We're in debt. We're, we're strapped. Jesus told us that we cannot serve two masters. We cannot serve God and what? Mammon, money, wealth, possessions. He says you're going to hate the one and love the other. We can't serve both. And we talked about last week as Christians, we don't serve money. We serve God. And money, though, should serve us as we serve God and we're able to follow his will and plan for our life and as we help and serve others. Uh, we also said this, that money is a, is a great servant, but it's a horrible master. If you, if you know what I'm talking about, say yes. You do not want your money to master you. You need to master your money and, and uh, allow it to be used to the glory of God in your life. And so we're looking at biblical principles from God's word. There were 2,300 scriptures about money and possessions and finances in the Bible. And the good news is we're not going to look at all 2,300 today. So you can take a big sigh of relief. I, I want to share this with you as we think about money and finances. There's an old rule that uh, used to be in effect in, in America. And then those of you that might be in your 60s, 70s, we're not going to ask you to raise your hand. We're going to be kind. But you may remember this rule. Or you may remember that your parents or grandparents had this rule. And, and, and for some of you that are younger, uh, you're, this, this rule is going to blow you away. You're not going to understand it when I first say it. It's going to be really confusing to you. I'm going to have to explain it to you. And the rule went like this. If you didn't have the money to buy something, you didn't buy it. Now, I know some of y'all are like, oh, what? You've got to be kidding me. Who came up with that? If you didn't have the money to pay cash and buy something, you didn't buy it. That's the way most people in America used to live. But boy, has that changed. I saw one statistic that said this. Before the Great Depression, only 2% of the homes in America had a mortgage. The rest were all paid for in cash. Forty years later, just two generations later, after the Great Depression, all but 2% had a mortgage on them. Amazing how things changed in 40 years. And what happened was, uh, some of you saw your parents or grandparents that maybe came out of the Great Depression, and, and so they pinched pennies, and then they, they saved tin foil and they saved every screw and every nail, and you said, man, I'm not going to live like that. Man, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to party. And now when you should be retiring, you're going, I'm going to have to pay off a lot of debt. And I'm going to have to keep working when I wish I could retire because we didn't apply the old rule of if you don't have the money to pay for it, then you don't buy it. And the truth is, if we're honest, we live in a society today that has an entitlement mentality. An entitlement mentality. I'm entitled to this. I deserve this. This, this is going to make me happy. I said it last week. I'll say it again. A lot of young couples today, they think they deserve in their first year or two of marriage what their parents, it took them 30, 40 years to accumulate. 
We want the same house. We want the same cars, the same neighborhood, the same lifestyle, the same vacations. And there's this entitlement mentality. And really, if you think about it, in America, we have a generation of pretenders. Of pretenders. We've got all the stuff, but we have got all the debt. We don't really own a lot of it. We're, somebody else owns it, and we're paying off that debt. Listen to what Proverbs 13.7 says. Proverbs 13.7 says, One person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. You know, that's most Americans today. Pretending to be rich, but they really have nothing because they are in debt for all of it. They don't really own it. And I, I would suggest that there are three groups of people in America today. The haves, the have-nots, and the have-not paid for what they got. And unfortunately, that's most people in America. We're pretenders. We're in debt. We're in bondage. We're strapped. And if you don't want to live that way any longer, if you want to get mad enough and say, I'm tired, I'm sick and tired of how it affects my marriage, affects my family, keeps me up at night, it stresses me out, I worry, I'm depressed, I'm sick and tired of being strapped. Anybody with me say yes? yes. Then you're in the right place. And we're going to look at three biblical values today to help us get unstrapped. Three biblical values to help you act your wage. That's the title today. Act your wage because most Americans are not acting their wage and they are strapped. Now these three biblical values, listen, if you're great with finances and, and, and you're out of debt and you're saving for retirement and college funds and, and you might say, you know, I've been through Dave Ramsey and I'm doing really good so maybe I don't really need to be here this morning. These three biblical values apply to all areas of life. All areas of life. But specifically, Today, we're going to apply them to finances, but everybody can glean something from this. And here's these three biblical values if you want to act your wage and get unstrapped. You guys ready? Number one, embrace the value of self-control. Embrace the value, a biblical value of self-control. Everyone say self-control. Self-control. You're right there in Proverbs. Just go over a couple of chapters to Proverbs 25, verse 28. Proverbs 25, 28. Let me just say this as you're turning there. If you want to get better at finances, you want to know what the Bible has to say about finances, read through the book of Proverbs. You'll have a degree in finance after you get done with Proverbs. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. There's no more than 31 days to every month. Pick a, a chapter a day that ma matches that chapter. Great stuff on finances in the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, simply says this. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit... That's another way of saying whoever doesn't have self-control. You can't rule your own spirit. You don't have any self-control. He's like a city broken down and without walls. And in Bible times, this was very important because if you didn't have walls, you were defenseless to attacks. And how many of you, you know that there's going to be financial attacks? And, and if you have no self-control over your finances, you're going to be defenseless when those attacks come. You're going to be vulnerable to debt. You're going to be in big trouble without some self-control. We've all seen the scene. We're in King Supers, and a mom's got her little boy, and they're shopping, and they happen to make the mistake of not skipping the candy aisle. And they're going down the candy aisle, and all of a sudden, little Johnny throws a huge fit because he wants some candy. His mom says no, and he's like, I want it, and I want it now. And he just throws a conniption fit right there in the middle of King Supers. And unlike the old days, you can't beat him right there. you got to go hide somewhere. 
And, and this little kid just throws this fit. I want it and I want it now. And you know there's a little kid inside of all of us that still comes out in our 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and sometimes 60s. And we're not screaming, I want the candy bar now, but I want the, I want the dress and I want it now. I want the ring. I want the car. I want the vacation. I, I, I want the, the, the sports equipment that's going to make me Tiger Woods. I, I want it now. And we're just like this little kid with no self-control. Now we're going to get very specific because I can't help you guys unless we're specific. So can we be specific? Okay, good, because I'm going to be. All right. Let me first start with the ladies and help you ladies. Now men, let me give you a little warning before you start getting that spiritual elbow out, yours is coming, okay? So just let's just keep, let's just agree. Everyone fold your hands, put your hands in your lap, and let's just let God speak to us individually. Ladies, here's where you struggle with self-control, ladies, as a general rule. You nickel and dime yourselves to death. You nickel and dime yourselves. I mean, you bought the belt to match the hairdo, to match the shoes, to match the nails. And hey, we, I saved 20% on all of it. And, we, and there's no self-control. You nickel and dime yourselves and your family to death. And if you really want to stop being strapped, the way to save money is don't spend it in the first place. Show some self-control. Now men... You don't nickel and dime yourselves to death. You kill it all at once. <laughs> Honey, come here. Check out what I picked up today. Check out the new 4x4 truck. I got a great deal on it. And while I was at it, I picked up a boat and an RV. <laughs> and I got a great deal on a timeshare for our vacations. We kill it all at once. And listen, if you're, if you're sick and tired of being strapped... You have to show some, say it, church, self-control. You've got to embrace the value of self-control, which means that you need to learn a word. There's a word, I'm, a new word I'm going to teach you guys today. It's, it's, it's a, it used to be a really popular word in America, but it's kind of gone away. It, it's hard to say. It's hard to understand. For some of you, it's hard to spell. Are you ready? If you want to embrace the value of self-control, you've got to learn this word. You're going to want to write it down in your paper. You ready? It's called no. Let's try it. No. Okay, some of y'all did pretty good. Some of y'all, if you say no like that, you're going to be pregnant by midnight. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. You have got to learn some self-control to, to say no. Now, now let, let's practice, okay? This, in church is where we practice so that we're ready in the real world when we go to the mall. You know, when we get online, you know, on Amazon or whatever it is, or we drive by the car lot or the boat lot or the RV lot or motorcycle, whatever. Or we go to Bass Pro. You know, I got to be careful. We got, the, we got the general manager of Bass Pro attends our church now. So, praise God, glory to God. That is an answer to prayer. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Goes against what I'm teaching, but anyway. Let's practice. Let's practice getting out of debt. Okay, ladies, let's start with you. Ladies, do you really need to get them fancy nails done two times a month? No. <laughs> there were a couple ladies going, no. <laughs> Can 
Can I be honest with you, ladies? I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be really honest. I'm gonna just be real this morning, okay? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay it out there. This is good, this is gonna save some of you ladies some money. Guys really don't care that much about nails. I'm just being honest. I, I have never, I've never heard a guy say to another guy, did you check out the set of nails on that girl? I, I wonder if they're real. <laughs> moving on, we're moving on, we're moving on. <laughs> oh. My email is Doug at OrchardChurch.tv. Go ahead. Let's move on. Men, to the men. Let me help you men. Learn some self-control to say no. Men, do you really need to play golf twice a week? I heard one say yes. For all of us, do we really need that $4 cup of Starbucks every day? Parents, you're going to like this one. Does, do, does our 12-year-old really need the new iPhone 5 when they're 12? Oh, see, you guys, that's easy for you to say no to that one. <laughs> Amazing how we can pick and choose. You know, there, there are kids today that think it's child abuse if they don't have a phone by 12. I mean, they do. I mean, do we really need to buy a brand new car? When it loses 20% as soon as we drive it off the lot most of the times? When we're debt, when we're trying to get debt free, we've got, I'm talking about when we're trying to get debt free, when we're strapped, when we're in debt, we've got to learn to say no. We've got to show some self-control. Now here's the good news. When you are out of debt and you're debt free and you've got money and savings for emergency fund and you're putting money into retirement and you've got the cash, buy the car and pay cash for it. Buy the new car if you've got cash to pay for it. Buy the boat. Get the nails, ladies, even though we don't care. Get the nails. You know, and pay cash for it. But when you're strapped and you're trying to get out of debt, you've got to quit pretending and show some self-control and learn to say no. And that will help you act your wage. And here's the deal. Here's the good news. I want you to learn to say no now so later when you're debt-free and you have cash, you can say yes it's not about not ever having nice things, but being able to pay cash for them. You know, I, t I shared Shelly and I's testimony in our story last week that early on in their, our marriage, we've never, we've never uh, had a credit card debt, and we've tried to get debt-free as quick as we could, and now we've been able to live debt-free for the last 10 years except for our house, which we just refinanced for 15 years, and by the time I'm 60, I'm going to have a paid-for house. That's my plan. I'm hoping even before that. I'm hoping to pay it off in 10 years. But we had to say no a lot. So now we can say yes. We had to say a no a lot when other people were saying yes. We were saying no. We showed some self-control. And now that I'm 45, it's beginning to pay off a little bit. But you know what I found? When you say no enough early on, later when you have the cash to buy it, you like your cash. And I end up say, still saying no. I still say no a lot when I could say yes. I, I got a brother-in-law, and none of y'all know him, so I can talk about him. Hope you didn't watch this online. Um, I got a brother-in-law that, man, they're in all kinds of debt. We go on family vacation together. We're debt-free, have money and savings, and, and can, can do about, and, we, and our vacations, we always do debt-free. We save the money all year, and we go on vacation. It's paid for. It doesn't follow us home till July, you know, or till December. 
And, and, and we're like saying no to a lot of things on vacation that we could say yes to. And he's saying yes to everything. I mean, you go to Disney World and his comes, kids come out and they've got, yeah. And that stuff ends up in the garage sale, you know, two weeks later. You got to learn to say no so later you can say yes, have some self-control. Remember we just finished the whole book of Galatians? And do you all remember in Galatians chapter 5? The fruit of the Spirit. And one of the evidences of the fruit of the Spirit, it's not just love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, kindness. But you know what the last one is? Self-control. When you're led by the Spirit of God, and tap into that. God, help me through your Spirit to have some self-control. To learn to say no so that I can act my wage so one day I can say yes. Embrace the value of self-control. Here's the second one. Embrace the value not only of self-control, but embrace the value of sacrifice. If you're ever going to act your wage and get out of debt, you've got to at some point embrace the value of sacrifice. You hold your place there in Proverbs, but turn over to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews 12, 2. It's on page 486 if you're using one of the provided Bibles. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And it says this, We look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That is a powerful verse. It tells us that Jesus endured the pain and the suffering and the sacrifice of the cross because of the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before him? He was willing to be a sacrifice because he knew it would please his father. He would be obedient. And he knew that that sacrifice would provide our eternal salvation. And so he was willing to sacrifice because of the end result of what he knew that would provide. We need to learn that when it comes to our finances and acting our wage. Embracing the value of self-control and sacrifice. Here's a good definition of sacrifice, especially when it comes to finances. It means giving up something you love for something we love even more. Think about that. Sacrificing when it comes to finances means giving up something you love for something you love even more. You, you may love your cable television and your 500 channels, but what you would love even more is to have a debt-free Christmas. Or to be able to go on vacation debt-free and it doesn't follow you home afterward on the credit card bill. You, you may love, you may say, I'd love to have a bigger house. But what we would love even more is for one of us to be able to, to stay home and raise our children. We love that even more. You, you may say, I, I would love to take my tax return, timely, and, I, and buy some new furniture. Or put in that home theater system we've always wanted. I'd love to do that. But what we would love even more is to pay off all our credit card debt. And to get unstrapped. You know, what we, I, I love eating out lunch, you might say. I love eating out lunch every day. I really like that. I love that. But you know what I love even more is the thought of taking that money and paying off our cars and being debt-free and having cars that are paid for and getting unstrapped. I read an article just this last week that said the average person, a working person in their adult working lifetime, if they would brown bag their lunch instead of going out to eat in a lifetime, you would save $112,000 in lunches. I hope you enjoy your chilies. Chick-fil-A. Think about it. We've got to learn to sacrifice giving up something we love for something we love even more. If that makes sense, say yes. Embrace the value of sacrifice. Act your wage. 
Here, here's the problem, and I hear this all the time. Here's the problem in America. We ask the wrong questions when it comes to buying something and finances. What we ask is this, how much down, how much a month? Can I just pay for it monthly? How much down, how much a month? That is the wrong questions to ask if you want to get unstrapped, if you want to get out of debt. What you should be asking is, how much and do I have the cash to pay for it in full? Boy, it's getting quiet. That's the question we need to be asking. Let me show you what you're really paying for those supposed good deals and sales when you put them on a credit card. We talked last week, we saw some statistics that in America, that the average American has $14,517 on their credit card. And if you have multiple credit cards, you can multiply it out. 14000 So here's some statistics. If you pay the minimum each month, $217.93 per month on the balance of $14,517 at 18%, which is pretty common on a lot of credit cards, it'll take 40 years to pay off that debt. 40 years paying the minimum. And that's if you don't put anything else on the card. That totals, here's, here's what that $14,000 cost you over 40 years in interest, $104,606.40. That 20% off deal is not so much of a great deal anymore, is it? That, that trip to Disney that you just had to have, but you had to put it on the credit card, doesn't seem so great for your family anymore. Now, on the flip side, if you're, you want to get out of debt and you want to get serious and you want, to, you want to say no now so you can say yes later, if you invested that same $14,517 you spent, if you would have invested that at 12% for 40 years, you know what you'd have in 40 years? $1,350,820.94. If you just put that money in the bank and got 12% and didn't touch it, that is a game changer, y'all. That is a game changer. Now, if you invested that same $14,517 and you added what you would have been paying your minimum payment every month, $217.93 at 12% over 40 years, are you ready for this one? It would be $3,597,615.75. Can anybody say, wow? That is the power of self-control and sacrifice. It's powerful. And God knows that. That's why he talks so much in the scriptures about self-control, about sacrifice when it comes to your finances. When you give up something you love for something you love even more. I mean, if you got to the point that you're in your 60s and you got $3.5 million, you think you might be able to make a positive difference in this world for the glory of God? And to help other people? Absolutely. Embrace Act your wage. Embrace the value of self-control. Embrace the value of sacrifice. Number three, we've got, if we're going to act our wage, we've got to embrace the value of planning. We've got to embrace the value of planting. Planning, not planting, excuse me, planning. Go back to Proverbs chapter 21. I told you to hold your place there, so go back there. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. And it says this, Proverbs 21, 5. The plans, everybody say plans. The plans of the diligent lead surely to what? Plenty. The plans of the diligent leads to plenty, but on the flip side, those of everyone who is hasty, doesn't have a plan, just lives paycheck to paycheck, has no plan, surely leads to what? Poverty. Let's take a little poll. How many of you would say, I'd rather live with plenty rather than poverty? Yeah. But what does it take? 
The plans of the diligent. You have to embrace the value of planning. Jesus said it this way in a story, in a parable. I told you two-thirds of Jesus' parables about money and finances. And here's one of them. In Luke chapter 14, verse 28, Jesus said, But don't begin until you sit down and count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating, planning the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? He said it would be silly to try to build a house, build a building, without considering the cost. Without having a what? A plan. Listen, you church, you can wander into debt, but you cannot wander out of debt. You have to have a plan if you want to get unstrapped. And you know what a plan is? It's another word that some of you don't understand, you don't like, you don't want to hear. It's the B word. A, help me, budget. You have to have a budget. A budget is a plan. It's spending every dollar on paper, on purpose, before the month begins. And that will help you to act your wage. It's a plan. Because here's the deal, church. If you don't tell your money where to go and have a plan, you will wonder where it went. And we've all been there. Where did it all go? You have to have a plan. You have to have a budget. Now listen, we, we don't have time. It's pretty ex extensive to really teach through all of, of putting a budget together. But there's some wonderful resources and tools online. I've given you some uh, websites there that, that I use all the time with people. Uh, Dave Ramsey has got all of his budget forms, how to do a budget, get out of debt. They're at his website, DaveRamsey.com. I've given you uh, the web address. Go to that. Download his budget. It's free. Print it out. Get a plan. Work your budget. One of the things that Shelly and I use all the time now is called Mint.com. Mint.com. It's basically an electronic budget. It's tied to your checking. And if you have a credit card that you pay off every month, like we do, then it knows every dollar you spend. And it notifies you on your mobile device how you're doing in every category all the time. I love it because it's kind of like the old envelope system. Some of you know what I'm talking about? It's an electronic envelope system, and we put in, we're going to spend this much, you know, on food this month, and it knows that. And so if we start to get over that or get close to that, it emails us or gives us a text and says, watch out, you're getting close to being over. When, when you max out, it lets you know. It's awesome. It, it's awesome to help you have a plan. Have a budget. Live within that budget. It does no good to do a budget and then go, okay, yay, we did a budget. Put that in the drawer. Let's go just live life. And never check the budget. How are we doing? How are we doing in our spending? And so I want to close with this. Um, and I've mentioned Dave Ramsey a lot. And, and as I said last week, a lot of this is his material that I'm using. Um, and, and I would highly, highly, highly beg you, encourage you. If you want to have a better financial health and plan, go through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. We've had hundreds of people in our church go through it. We offer it every semester here at Orchard Church. We've got a group going through it right now. We'll have another one in the fall. Sign up. Go through it. It'll be one of the best things you ever do for your financial health. It is, it is well worth the investment of your time and, and the small amount of cost. Um, it'll save you. Thousands and thousands. It'll it change your life. If you apply it and do it, it will change your life. And some of y'all, man, you, you need to, as soon as that, that comes out to sign up, you need to sign up for that. But, but let me just give you a couple of things 
that are part of Dave Ramsey's financial plan. He calls them the baby steps. There's seven baby steps. And I'm just going to give you the first two today to help you have a financial plan because the first two are where most people are at and, and they have to work on this for a couple of years before they can go on to the rest of them. This is where most people are. Here's the first two, uh, the first two baby steps in your financial plan. Number one, save $1,000 for emergencies. <coughs> Excuse me. Save $1,000 for emergencies. Now, some of you may say, well, that's not enough money. Well, once you get to baby step three, you're going to fully fund an emergency fund, which is three to six months salary. But at least to start out, the first thing, I mean, it is amazing how many people do not even have $1,000 in an emergency fund. They live paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. You know why you have to have $1,000 in an emergency fund? Because emergencies are going to happen. If you agree, say Yes. I mean, the appliance is going to break down, the car's going to need a repair, your kid's going to stick a marble up his nose, and you're going to end up in the emergency room. And I guess God knew, to, knew I needed a current illustration of this, because I came home from the men's retreat yesterday evening, and I'm trying to open my garage door, and I'm like, man, the batteries aren't working on this thing. I go inside, and the spring on my garage door was snapped in half. So, thank God, we have an emergency fund. It's no big deal. We'll bring somebody out. We'll get it taken care of because emergencies are going to happen. Now, some of you are going, I, I don't even know how I'm going to get $1,000 in emergency fund. How am I going to do that? I don't know, but you can do it. If somebody came to you and said, your child has a disease that is terminal, and unless they get this medication, they're, they're not going to live. But here's the good news. You, you just get $1,000 together, it'll pay for a year of their medicine. You think you'd be able to come up with $1,000? Yeah, you would. Listen, you, you could come up with $1,000. eBay and Craigslist are now your new best friend when you're trying to save $1,000. I mean, you're going to sell so much stuff, the kids are going to get nervous. You know, sell the cat. Don't sell the dog. Uh, get, it, get, it, get a second job. Get a second job. Deliver pizzas. Do, as quickly, some of y'all, you can do this this week. you got something you can sell for $1,000, and you could do it this week, and you need to do it this week. You know, clip coupons if you need to. Not Groupons. Coupons. We don't want to know how you save $50 on a Brazilian butt wax, okay? <laughs> Listen. If you didn't know that you needed it and you saw it on Groupon, you're not saving money. You're spending money and you need to save $1,000. You need to have a plan. So number one, save $1,000 for an emergency fund. Everybody say, save $1,000. Okay. And then number two is do the debt snowball. If you have any outstanding debt besides your house, Credit cards, student loans, loans to mom and dad, um, anything like that. Any kind of debt, do the debt snowball. Dave Ramsey came up with this. It is the best way I have ever seen to get unstrapped, to get out of debt. It's life-changing. Some of y'all, if you take this home and apply it over the next year or two, it'll change your life and you'll get unstrapped. So on your notes, everybody got your hand out? Everybody see the diagram of the debt snowball? Say yes. Okay, get your pen out, and I'm going to show you real quick how to do the debt, debt snowball. All right, let's go. Look at the bottom of your notes, and let's attack this together. Here's what we've got. This is an imaginary list of our debts, what we owe to others. In this sample list, you'll see the different people or businesses we owe listed in the first column. In the second column, you'll find the amount that's owed to each one. You see, we owe $450 to Lowe's for the power tools we've always wanted, $650 to Target for the cute top, the belt, earrings, and hat to match, 
plus the ketchup, Oreos, pickles, and all the other things you craved when you were pregnant. We also owe $1,600 to our parents, who let us borrow the money to replace the air conditioning unit when it went down, and so on. In the third column, you'll see the minimum payment. This is the minimum amount that we're required to pay each month, and we've been faithfully paying the minimum, but we're sick and tired of being strapped. So what are we going to do? Again, what we're going to look at is something that could change your life forever. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to find an extra $200 a month. Now you're probably thinking, where in the world am I going to find an extra $200 a month? And that's a good question. I don't know the answer to the question, but you'll find it. You'll get very, very creative and you'll find $200 extra a month. If you have to take a second job delivering pizzas, or eliminate your satellite television, or your mobile data plan, or start brown bagging it for lunch, or skipping your $4 daily dose of overpriced caffeine, whatever, you'll find $200. And what you do with this $200 a month will change your life and future generations. Here's how it will play out. Let's start with Lowe's. We owe them $450. Your minimum payment, remember, is $50 a month. Now you'll pay them $50 and add to it the $200 we just found, totaling $250 a month. And within a matter of only a couple of months, Lowe's is gone. Bye-bye Lowe's. We'll never have to worry about that debt again. So stop buying power tools with money you don't have. We've already been paying Target $30 a month. Now we're going to take the $30 and add it to the $250 a month. Now you may ask, where did we get $250 a month? You remember, we just freed up $250 a month because we paid off Lowe's. Now we're going to take that $250 and the $30 and together we have $280. And guess what? In just a matter of a couple of months, Target is gone as well and the snowball is starting to get bigger. Now let's take our parents. We're paying them $200 a month. We'll add to it the $280 we freed up because we no longer have to pay Lowe's or Target. And now we've got $480 a month going to pay off mom and dad. Again, in a matter of a few short months, mom and dad are paid for. They're happy, we're happy, and we're going to take this money and let it grow every single month and apply it to the next debt that we owe, starting with the smallest amount of debt so we can knock it out and going piece by piece down to the largest we're going to pay off all our debt with the debt snowball we're going to wipe out everything we owe but the house now how will this benefit you in the long run let me show you something that is really really amazing if you just continue to pay minimum payments like so many people it's going to take you hundred and twenty months to pay off all your debt that's ten years before you pay off all this debt and that's assuming you don't take on any more debt now watch this if you do the debt snowball, your payoff time is not 120 months, not 10 years, but instead only 21 months. That's a difference of 99 months of not paying any debt. Can you say wow? wow. Now, buckle your seatbelt and get ready for this. If you take $1,110, now where do we get $1,110? If you look at the debt we just paid off, you freed up $1,110 a month in debt payments that you no longer have. If you take that same money and you invest it at 8% for that same 99 months that you would have been paying off your debt, at the end of that time period, guess how much money you'll have? You'll have $153,992.30. That is a big wow. wow. Check it out. In most parts of the world, what will that buy you? That will buy you a house, paid for in cash, totally debt free, including a house in only 10 years. You can do it if you'll get crazy with the debt snowball. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continual debt to love. We don't serve money, we serve God. 
and money serves us as we serve God. If you live like no one else, then one day you can live like no one else. Does that get anybody excited? Man, I'm telling you, if you will do this, it can change your life. You got to get crazy. You got to get weird. You got to have some self control. You, you got to have some sacrifice and say no, but you can get unstrapped if you'll just take that tool and apply it and do the debt snowball. Now, some of y'all that are a little bit good at math and weird about that, you're looking at that chart, you're looking at the debt snowball, and you're going, well, wouldn't it make more mathematical sense if we paid the highest interest rates off first? If you were good at doing math, you wouldn't be in debt. It's not about being good at numbers and, and, and math. It's about a lifestyle change. It's about getting that first one paid off and getting that snowball going and, and going, wow, that felt good. And, and, and we won. And, and let's do it again. Let's do it again. And, and getting that satisfaction, gratification, and get that snowball going. Listen, you can act your wage, church. We can all act our wage if we'll embrace the three values of self-control, learn to say no, of sacrifice, giving up something you love for something you love even more, and having a plan. Having a plan. A thousand dollars in an emergency fund, step one. Step two, if you have any debt other than the house, do the debt snowball. Because as Christians, we don't serve money, we serve God, and money should serve us as we serve God and we serve others. And for those of you that are here today and you say, I want to honor God with my finances and my money, you can do it. You can live like no one else, so later you can say it, church, live like no one else. I mean, can you even, some of you, it's hard for you to even fathom or imagine a debt-free life. I mean, what it would be like to be unstrapped, to be set free, to not be a slave, to not be in bondage to the, to the lender anymore, to not be a servant to money. To have no debt, no credit card payments, no car payments, no student loans, even a paid-for house. Don't believe the lies of people. Well, you'll always have a car payment. You'll always have a house payment. No, you don't have to if you're willing to embrace these values. And with God's help, you can do it. You can act your wage. You can get unstrapped. Do you believe that? Say yes. yes. All right, let's pray. With your heads bowed, eyes closed for just a moment. How many of y'all would be honest enough here with no one looking around to say, you know what, I know I need to do a better job of acting my wage. I, I need to get unstrapped. I, I need to embrace the value of self-control, sacrifice, and a plan. God has spoken to my heart. I know I need to apply these things to my life. Can I pray for you? Would you slip up your hand all across this auditorium? Thank you, thank you. Many hands in every section. Let me pray for you guys. Father, I pray for all of those who are strapped right now, who are in debt, who are slaves to the lender. I pray that they would embrace the values and apply them to their life of self-control, sacrifice, and a plan. I pray, Lord, that your spirit, that they would understand, and as believers in Jesus Christ, we, we don't go at this alone, that you are with us. You never leave us or forsake us. You're by our side, and your spirit working inside of us gives us the fruit of the spirit, and one of those, the evidences of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. And that we would listen to your spirit. And that we would apply these values and act our wage and get unstrapped. So that we will not serve money. But we will serve you. And money will serve us as we serve you and serve others. And with heads bowed and eyes closed. I didn't say anything about this during the message. But I do want to mention it again. For some of you believers in Jesus Christ that know God's word and you know what it says. To begin to honor God with your finances. 
you got to honor God with your tithe. You haven't been. Maybe you once were and you stopped or some of you are tipping God, but you're not tithing. And you, for God to bless you in the area of finances, you've got to be obedient. Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase. The tithe is holy to the Lord. It belongs to Him. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, how many believers this morning would say, You know what? I know one thing I need to do to honor God with my finances, and that is I need to be tithing. Can I pray for you? Would you slip up your hands? Thank you. Thank you. Many hands. God, I pray that we would be obedient in the area of tithing because we know that your word gives us a promise in Malachi 3 that when we do, you'll open up the windows and pour out a blessing. And there's nothing greater than knowing that we're being obedient to your word and knowing your blessings are upon our life and our finances. And I pray that you give people the strength and the faith to, to step out and put you first and, and see the amazing things you'll do through that. Not because you need the money, not because our church needs the money, because we don't. But they need to experience the feeling of obedience, the feeling of, of putting you first and honoring you in that way and the blessings that'll come. And one more thing, as heads bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here today, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Listen, Jesus is not concerned or interested about your money today. But he, he doesn't want your money. He wants you. He wants your life. He wants your heart. And that's where it begins. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I read the verse in Hebrews. Jesus went and endured the pain and suffering and sacrifice of the cross for the joy that was set before him. And you know what that joy was? It was you. It was you. He died for you. He died to pay your sin debt. The greatest debt that we all have that we can't pay. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough good works. So Jesus said, I'll go to the cross and I'll pay it for you. And he went to the cross and he said, it's paid in full. It's finished. And all you have to do is open your heart by faith and accept his gift of salvation and eternal life by faith. And so if you're here today with heads bowed and eyes closed and you say, you know what? I don't know if I've ever had my sin debt removed by Jesus, but I want to. I want to be forgiven. I want to have eternal life. Would you pray this prayer of faith from your heart to God's right where you sit right now? And through this simple prayer, you can invite Jesus into your life. It's not the words of the prayer you say, but it's the faith from your heart where it comes from. And if you're ready to have your sin debt paid for and ready to have eternal life through Jesus, then pray this prayer with me right now. And it says this, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for me. You sacrificed for my sin. And today, Jesus, I invite you into my life by faith. I accept you, Jesus, by faith as my personal Lord and my personal Savior. Thank you for paying my sin debt. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me eternal life. Thank you. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but if you just prayed that prayer of faith for the first time, I would love to pray for you and your new relationship with Jesus in the days ahead. Can I pray for you? Would you slip up your hand all across the auditorium if you pray that prayer of faith for the first time? Just slip it up so I can see it and then put it down. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Up in the top. Yes. A couple of young people. Thank you. Anyone else? Just slip it up. Yes. Today, I know that I need to put my faith in Christ. I need to have my sin debt removed by faith. And I prayed that prayer of faith and I meant it. Anyone else? Anyone else? Lord, we thank you for those who put their faith and trust in you today. We rejoice and celebrate with the angels in heaven over even one person having their sin debt removed. Lord, we rejoice at the 200 plus people that put their faith and trust in Christ at Katie's memorial service. And Lord, we praise you and thank you for that. We thank you that we know that Katie is with you and we continue to pray for Scott and the family. And Lord, we thank you that you paid our sin debt and that we can know you in a personal way. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, 
Amen. Can we celebrate Decisions for Christ today? Let's do that.